Life Audio. You're listening to the Dwell on These Things podcast. I'm John Stonge, and it's great to have you with us this week. And in just a moment, we're going to be talking to my friend, Melissa Hughes, and we're going to be talking about what I just preached about this past Sunday. This past Sunday, I was, it was Father's Day, and I was preaching about God the Father. And so we're going to get into those details in just a little bit. We're going to get to hear Melissa's perspective on what she thinks about some of these scriptures that we were talking about on Sunday. But before we do, let's say a quick hello to our sponsors, and then we will be right back. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-497-4410. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in... Anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-497-4410. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-497-4410. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. All right, we're back, and uh, it's great to have you with us here on the Dwell on These Things podcast. We have a very special guest today as we're about to talk about God the Father, who He is and what He does and how we can reflect His heart to other people. And my special guest today is my good friend, Melissa Hughes. Melissa, welcome to the Dwell on These Things podcast. Thank you so much. It's so good to be here. Melissa, I wonder if you could just tell everybody real quick who you are, where they can find you, and maybe a little picture of your ministry background as well. Sure. My name is Melissa Hughes. So currently, I'm helping um, business owners, entrepreneurs use their message of hope to go out into the world through social media. So um, that's something that I'm super passionate about, about business owners and women using their voice to be a light for Christ, especially um, on social media and amplify that. And um, you can find me at melissaleehughes.com. I'm also a TikTok influencer. Um, I have a message about moms and being a mom there. And then um, I'm also on Instagram and you can email me at melissaleehughes.com. Perfect. And Lee is spelled L-E-A. L-E-A. That's yep. right. We want people to make sure they go to the right website. <laughs> yeah. And, and you had you um, when I first met you, one of the things that we were talking about was some of your ministry background. You were actually involved in church planting efforts and a variety of other things. You want to give us a quick snapshot of that, too? Yeah. Yeah. In 2015, my husband and I moved to the UK and we planted a church over there in Wales. Um, a lot of people don't even know where Wales is <laughs> in the United <laughs> Kingdom. But yeah, we church planted there for about four years um, and moved back in 2019. But yeah, it was a very interesting time. Awesome. Well, thank you guys for your willingness to do that. Uh, many people know my background is in church planting as well. Mm-hmm. So I I have a, a great appreciation for families that are willing to 
just kind of step up to the plate and give that a shot because it's definitely a step of faith, not something that's super easy to do. So thank you and your husband and your family for being actively involved in church planting. Yeah, it's definitely not for the faint of heart, but wouldn't change it for the world. Awesome. It's character forming, right? Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) So this past Sunday, it was Father's Day and it's interesting. And, you know, maybe you and your husband have experienced some of this too in your, in your church ministry roles. But when it's Father's Day, a lot of times Father's Day, Mother's Day, things like that, those are some holidays that come with a little baggage for some people. For some people, maybe it's a fun Sunday and, and they don't think much about it. But for others, there is a little, it can be a little bit tricky on a day like Father's Day, because I think of some of the people in my congregation whose fathers have passed away. And so they think about their dad and they think about the fact that they miss him or they miss their grandfathers. I think about others that maybe haven't had a strong relationship with their father. And so it could be a bit of a challenging day. I think of single mothers that feel maybe like they've been abandoned by uh, their husband. And so they feel like they're raising children alone. And so there's all sorts of things like that. But yet we look at what scripture says, and it tells us some very positive things about who God is and how he operates as God the Father. And so this past Sunday, I spent much of the time focusing on God's nature. And just how he gives us a great example of what fatherhood is really supposed to look like. And I, I wonder from from your perspective initially, when you think of of God as father, what are some thoughts that come to your mind? Oh gosh. You know, I love thinking about how God is my dad because I feel like I literally think about how he's always cared about the little things in my life. And um caring about me on my good days and my bad days and just how a dad wants his best for his kids and wants his best for his girl, you know, like I'm God's girl. And so I think it's funny because I think a lot of people that maybe had a challenging relationship with their dad, um, struggle to see God that way. And I, I didn't necessarily have a, an amazing relationship with my dad growing up, but I always felt that God was looking out for me and and he's uh he's a good father. He's a good dad. That's a, that's a great way to describe his role and what he does and how he how he operates in our day-to-day life. That he's looking out for us and I'm I'm grateful to hear that you were blessed with that perspective because that's something that I think we only really understand when he shows that to us. That's something he has to reveal to us. Yeah. Um this past Sunday, I, I'm referenced a variety of scriptures, and one of the things that I was talking about was the work of God, some of the things that he does. Um, you know, I know growing up when I was thinking about the things that my father did, one of the main things I thought about my dad was he worked. He owned a grocery store. He, he worked. He went and, and worked every day and came home tired every night. And scripture tells us some of the things that God has done, and and one of the things that he has done in his work was the fact that I'm just going to read this to us here. Uh, He sent his son into this world, right? And when you look at John chapter three, verse 17, it says, for God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. Now, John 3.16, the verse that comes right before that, one of the best-known verses in Scripture, but again, that verse, John 3.17, reminds us, comes right after one of the best-known ones, for God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. And so I wonder, just from a personal standpoint, how does that verse strike you? Oh, my word. 
That to me, I love, I love that scripture. And I love John 316 because, you know, when we think of God, I think a lot of people think of this like holy man in the sky, right? Which he is holy, but he didn't come into the world to condemn us of our sin. And when we know, like, you know, you know, when you, when you've done the wrong thing, (laughs) right. You feel like you want to hide, you want to run away. You want to lie about it. You you just don't want to tell the truth. But what I love is that even in our sin, God didn't want to condemn us. He wanted to rescue us and save us because his heart is always relationship and reconciliation. And so to me, it's like he just he chooses connection and he sent his son to bring connection back to humanity. So like it just blows me away. It just changes when you know that that even on your worst days, when you've totally blown it. When you've totally messed up, the heart of a father is relationship and reconciliation. Yeah, I I wish more people understood that about God. I think people tend to think of God as angry or vengeful or desirous of causing us pain, and it's the exact opposite. You know, one one of the things that um, I remember my grandmother telling me about my uncle, and I think I mentioned this in my message on Sunday, but I'll mention it again, or not my uncle. My, this was uh, referencing her her father, my great-grandfather. But she says when he would uh, discipline her or her brothers that he would frequently, uh, you know, he'd carry it out. He'd carry out whatever the discipline was. And then he would just spend time upset about the fact that he actually had to carry that out. And uh, they would oftentimes catch him weeping over some of the discipline that he had to show his own children. And so when I think of of God showing discipline and when I show, think of God interacting with his children, I don't think of him as eager to have to, you know, inflict discipline or eager to have to uh, cause discomfort or pain or however we want to phrase that. I think of him as grieving over our sin and trying to encourage us to move in a direction where we're not just embracing things that are going to hurt us. Is that, is that how you think of him too? Even when you think of a verse like that from John three? Yeah. yeah, it is. It really is. And it's funny because I didn't grow up in, I didn't grow up in a Christian home, but um, I remember hearing the gospel when I was eight and then kind of, obviously I asked Jesus into my heart, but really did not have any frame of reference for God. Didn't have a regular, didn't go to church on Sundays, but I remember being a teenager and having situations being presented to me and feeling like I shouldn't do that because it would hurt me. Hmm. And so it was like, I felt like protected, but it was by things, situations, circumstances, obviously it was my choice, but that was always how it was presented to me. And I didn't go down a certain path because I knew there was something in me that felt like that's not going to benefit you. It's going to hurt you. Mm -hmm. And I know now looking back that that was the Holy Spirit and God, my my Father, protecting mm-hmm. me. Right. Yeah. yeah, putting that in your mind just in, in a protective way to keep you from going in a direction that would be unwise or unhealthy. Yeah, exactly. And I think mm-hmm. that's totally like whenever we find ourselves in the wrong spot, God's heart is always for us to be restored and move forward, right? So his discipline always moves us into and forward and upward, not like down, you're bad, you're terrible you know, which keeps us in that spot. So, yeah. Right. Yeah. He allows us to see our sin, but then he shows that he's the solution for us to get out of it. 
You know, he's like, yeah. I don't want you to stay stuck in that. You know, let, let me lift you up. Exactly. Um, I, I love, you know, one of the things I liked about uh, this past Sunday and just spending a little time thinking about God's fatherly role is the fact that when you look throughout Scripture, it's very clear that we, and you said this already, that our Lord is a relational God. And it's very clear that he doesn't want us to just be acquaintances. He doesn't want us to just be people at a distance or or people that are, are um, I don't know, just part of like the, the massive amount of people that he's created. He wants us to be part of his family. And so to reveal himself to us as father, that's an amazing thing. And one of the scriptures that I shared on Sunday talks about this idea of being adopted into God's family. I referenced Ephesians chapter 1, verse 5, and in that verse it says, He predestined us for adoption to himself as sons through Jesus Christ, according to the purpose of his will. And I always um, appreciate translations that leave that as sons. Some translations change that to sons and daughters because they're trying to be very inclusive. I understand the spirit behind doing that, but it literally says sons, and the reason it says sons is because it's saying, listen, you know, in the culture this was being written, sons were the ones that got the inheritances. Sons were the ones that got the the kingdom. And and it's saying here, regardless of whether you're a male or a female, God is adopting you as a son into his kingdom. And he's saying, you have this inheritance because you're part of my family. You have this, like you're a son, you have that kind of inheritance. And isn't that, I like I always look at that and I think to myself what a wonderful thing for scripture to tell us about God that he would say not only do I want you in my family but I I am choosing you I'm adopting you this is this is an act of my will I'm not mm-hmm. stuck with you know there's family members that all of us probably have that sometimes we feel like all right they're a little more work to deal with they're you know yeah. your friends you get to pick you don't get to pick your family but here God's saying, no, I actually picked you to be my family. I adopted you into my family. What are, your, what are some of your thoughts on the intentionality of God saying, I'm adopting you and giving you an inheritance that's anchored in Jesus Christ? Oh, my word. What a loaded question. I feel like there's so much to that. One of the things, though, is I think about how, how you know, I look at my kids. I'm a mom. I look at my kids sometimes. I'm just like in amazement. I'm like every little thing they do, their quirks their personality, like who they are. I don't just love them. I like them. Mm -hmm. And I think like God likes who we are, who he's created us to be. And like, when you say he chose us thinking about it from that perspective, I think sometimes we think, oh, you know, like he just has to love me because he's God. He just puts up with me kind of thing. Right. When you can start to understand how God, his heart for you, like he likes who you are. He's chosen you. He wanted you. It changes then like your relationship. It's kind of like when like, you know, you're a dad and you tell your girls, you're beautiful. They think you have to say that, you know, because you're my dad. But when you understand that, like he he didn't have to, he wanted to. It it really does change how maybe you can have an an intimate relationship with him. So it's, it's incredible. I love that. Yeah, I I have I I'm I'm right there with you. You know, the intentionality of God in that respect is an amazing thing. Friends of ours just adopted a child and uh I look at the process that they went through. Uh in, in many respects, they would probably they have two children uh 
born through natural means. And they probably would tell you that the process of bringing those two children into their family was much, much easier than the process they went through to adopt a child, which was a several year process of praying and then raising funds. It should not be. I think this is so ridiculous. I could go on a tirade with this, Melissa, but I think it's so ridiculous how expensive adoption is. I think adoption should be, you know, like, can we not figure out a way to subsidize adoptions somehow? <laughs> right, right. Oh, there's so many families and it's ridiculous. Yeah, the the lengths that people have to go through. But, you know, that's such a good point. How the great lengths that God went to for us to be in relationship with him, you know, it wasn't easy. It wasn't like he literally sent his son to die right. bloody death for us to be in relationship because he wanted us to be in relationship with him. Yeah. And, and it, it's, I, I think one of the things that we get to see in this world that demonstrates just the depth of the love of God is just the adoption process, how someone has to be so active in it and so intentional. And in our culture, there's so much screening that goes into it. And, you know, uh, like I, like we mentioned a moment ago, like raising finances and, and family preparation and everything that goes into it before they entrust that child to your care and then finally, that child is adopted as yours. And even after your your that adoption seems most of the way complete, there's still like, I guess, like a rescission period where where that can be changed, you know. And mm-hmm. and I look at I look at the the ways a family really puts their heart out there to take the risk to adopt a child. And then you look at what Scripture says, and it says, you know, that the Lord. Uh, predestined to he predestined us for adoption to himself as sons through Jesus Christ that that was his plan from eternity past yeah. that you would be part of his family you are not an accidental part of the family of God God mm-hmm. God wanted you to have that kind of relationship I think that's such a wonderful thing to think about at any time of year but on Father's Day or the week we celebrate Father's Day it's like just a wonderful thing to think about that intentionality. Yeah, no, that's so good. And for any person that, you know, doesn't feel like they have that in their life, that's the amazing thing is God is that to us in such an incredible way. Now, you earlier referenced God as father and you said, you know, thinking of him, you like to think of him through terms like daddy, thinking Mm -hmm. of him in that uh, affectionate kind of way. And the Apostle Paul in Romans chapter 8, verse 15 says this, he says, For you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons. So we see that concept stated again. And then he says, by whom we cry, Abba, Father. Mm -hmm. Now, that was a word that in that culture, it was an an Aramaic word that, that people would use that basically meant daddy. So if they're calling somebody Abba, Father, they're calling them daddy. And he's saying, that literally in scripture, it's saying that this is how God wants us to think of him. And so, you know, when you think of God, not just in the formal sense as, uh, as father, but someone you could rightfully call Abba or daddy, how does that strike you as someone trying to live out your faith in him? Yeah, I think it goes really truly from like when I was first a Christian, it was like, what can I do for you, God? Like, I want to serve you, God. And it was this performance thing. Like, if I checked all the boxes, God was proud of me, like that kind of thing. But then when you go through this transition, and and honestly, it happened when I was church planting, 
when you didn't feel like you could do anything right, when you felt like you were failing, that's my personal experience. (laughs) And then you feel God really show you how much he loves you when you feel like you can't perform and you transition it from just like performing to receiving really like really receiving the love of God when you know that you can't measure up or you can't be on your best and like kind of transitioning it that way. Does that make sense? Yeah. It makes total sense. Yeah. Where, where you're, you're saying where you're starting to understand the fact that his love for you is not based on you getting everything right, yeah. that he's the one that's perfect. We're, we're the ones that are in process yeah. and, uh, and he's not going to abandon you on a, in a, in a low season or a low point. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, we just, there's all these songs like, I love you, God, I love you, God. And it's all about like what we can do for him. But when you can understand how much God has done for you, and really come into like such a deeper, intimate place with God. It's like, wow, he is, he's my dad. You know, he's not going to leave me. He's not going to forsake me. And I think it's when, you know, we love Jesus. We love, we love Jesus for the miracles and the healings and when he shows up for us, but to know that God is still there in the hard times and like, he's, he's going to support you no matter what. And he's with you. That's really incredible. Yeah, and it's it's helpful to have the perspective that you just mentioned so that we don't preach a false gospel to our hearts mm-hmm. because so many people think that the nature of our relationship with God is conditional. And I've had conditional friendships in my day-to-day life, people that seemed to like me as long as I could do something for them. And then as soon as I wasn't able to either give something to them or do something for them, then that friendship went away. And I think sometimes we make the mistake of thinking that our relationship with God would somehow operate that way. And then you look at what scripture says and he, and the Lord makes it very clear. It's like, no, like it, it, this, it's not that way. Yeah. Uh, he is with us regardless. And kind of uh, as we wrap up our discussion this week, and I really appreciate you being part of the first discussion that we've had on some of these messages here, Melissa. So you're a groundbreaker here. Your, <laughs> uh, your church planting personality is coming out in the fact that, yeah. that uh, we're inaugurating a new series of conversations here on the Dwell on These Things podcast. But I ended the message last week by talking about the ways in which we can reflect the Father's heart in our day-to-day relationships with other people. And, um, you know, there are a variety of people that have done studies that that tell us that, that the way a child sees God is going to be influenced by the way his or her father tends to treat them. And they're either going to have to overcome their presuppositions about God because God is very different from the treatment they've received, or they're going to be able to have a clear picture of who God is because of the kind of treatment that they have received. And it just makes me think, all right, I think the Lord wants us, obviously, to be reflecting his heart in every context that we find ourselves in. So when you're interacting with other people, uh, you're uh, as a mother, as a friend, as a church leader, as someone that has a position of influence in the marketplace— how do you try to reflect the heart of God when you interact with other people? What a loaded question. That's two of them. <laughs> That's two. That's two. Gosh, that is a great question. How do you reflect the heart of God? I think it's truly like what it's what you said. And I feel like I've kind of just repeated myself, but it's trying to show that unconditional love. I just think like in our culture and things, especially like with cancel culture, And like, I have not done this perfectly. I've like, I've actually just today 
God convicted me of something and I felt like I need to go and and apologize to a person because I was showing conditional love. So I had to send a message, but I think that that is the heart of God is, you know, people, people, we can put people on pedestals or have expectations of people. And sometimes we don't even know that we're doing it and people fail us and people aren't always what we expect. But I think showing the heart of God is, is on their good days and their bad days. We still demonstrate the love, the kindness, the peace, the gentleness, like the fruit of the spirit to people. And so that, and that's not easy to do. Not saying yeah. we don't have boundaries, right? But I think like trying to keep our love on regardless. Mm-hmm. And that to me is reflecting the heart of God. <laughs> yeah, well, you, you're also put in a spot, and I guess in some ways you put yourself in this spot where as somebody that interacts on social media and produces content mm-hmm. and uh, and you're very regular, very consistent with the content that you're producing. But I'm assuming that from time to time you experience people that operate like haters, right? People oh. that operate like trolls on the internet. Oh, so, yeah. you know, how, how do you reflect the father's heart to them? I know this sounds weird, John. I don't know why, but it just makes me love them. Like I just, I had somebody just totally rip me apart on a comment. They were saying all these negative things. I know they don't know Jesus, but in my heart, I just thought, man, I just, I, it sounds, it sounds strange, but I just think, man, you just like God delights in you and you just don't know that yet. And you are operating out of this thing where you don't know the love of God. So you're operating from this place and it really doesn't, it doesn't bother me. I'm saying. There have been comments that maybe triggered a soft spot for me, but for those people that just want to troll and they're just there to make you mad in my heart, I'm like, you know, God's going to get you and you're (laughs) going to be so undone and he's just going to show up for you and you're going to experience the love of God. And it it just, you just know, they just don't know him yet, but God's heart for them is, is for them. And I, I like that that mindset too, where you're saying God's going to get you. Just watch out, God's going to get you. I, I I've often laughed to myself that one of the best ways to end up on my regular prayer list is to hurt me deeply. Yeah, <laughs> you know, it's right. like like offend me, criticize me, do something that causes me to feel emotional pain. Yeah, and I'll be praying for you for a long time. And so, <laughs> and, exactly. Uh, and I, it actually, and I, I know you feel the same exact way of, of um, in what I'm about to say. But I, in my own heart, I have found that it really helps me not to develop bitterness if yeah. I can consistently pray for the people that have hurt me. It helps me not to allow that bitter root to take to take root in my heart. Um, because I, you know, if I can, I look at it this way. I have received so much forgiveness and so much grace and so much mercy from the Lord. Who am I to not show that to other people? And then some people would say, well, they don't deserve it. And here's the thing. I did not deserve it when I received it. Oh. I didn't. He didn't give it to me because I deserved it. He gave it to me when I wasn't deserving, meaning right. now in my case, I should demonstrate forgiveness and grace and mercy and love and yeah. compassion, especially because people aren't deserving. You right. feel the same way? Oh yeah. It's funny too. Cause when you know you've messed up, like when you first get saved, right. And you're like, I didn't deserve this. But then after you've been a Christian for a while and you've done a few favors for people and you've, you've done the right thing, you can start to think that you are a little deserving. And so it feels easier to be on your high horse when other people don't measure up or don't do as you expect. But at the end of the day, 
you know, there's that scripture where we're all, all of our righteous acts were like filthy rags. Right. Mm -hmm. And I know we've become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, but we still are not, we're not Jesus. (laughs) I I tell my kids, they'll say, so they said one time practice makes perfect. And I'm like, no, practice just makes progress. The only perfect one is Jesus. (laughs) I like that. Practice makes progress. Jesus is the perfect one. Yeah. Perfect. Well, that's a perfect finale for us as we wrap up this conversation. But I want, I want to let everybody know I'm unveiling a new website very soon. It's actually live right now, but I haven't plugged it a whole lot. But Melissa and I have been talking about some things that are going to be featured on there. And so I'll give you a preview of what's coming with BibleStudyHeadquarters.com. So if you check out BibleStudyHeadquarters.com, you'll start to see some blog content and some other things. But you're also going to see some course content. And Melissa just sent me some excellent things that she put together on how to share your faith in a compassionate and loving and conversational way. And so very, very soon, if you check out, it's not there yet. But if you check it out very soon, you're going to be able to see uh, some of that course content from Melissa, and there's going to be some content from me and from some other pastors and church leaders, and we hope that it's a blessing to you. Again, it's at BibleStudyHeadquarters.com. You're going to see that gradually unveiled in the coming weeks and months. And if you want to follow Melissa and what she's doing, stop by MelissaLeeHughes.com, and Lee is spelled L E A. Melissa, any final words for those listening to us today on the podcast? Yes. I just want to say, because it's an opportunity, that if anybody is tuning in and they've never actually asked Jesus to come into their heart and be the Lord of their life, because you can go to church, you can do all the right things, you can read your Bible, but if you've never actually made a decision to ask Jesus to forgive you of all your sin, come into your life and, and give him your life, it is the best most freeing decision you will ever make. And you can come into a personal relationship with a God who loves you. So I want to encourage people to think about that. And if they haven't reach out to me or John, and we can walk you through it. I love that. And let's finish with a word of prayer here. I'll pray for us as we finish up and let's just pray for anyone listening. If they don't know the Lord, that maybe today would be the day of their salvation. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much that as we've had the opportunity just to discuss a variety of things that you have in your word about your nature and about how you operate as our Heavenly Father, we first of all just express some gratefulness to you, Lord, for that because of who you are and how you've blessed us in so many ways. Lord, I'm grateful for Melissa's testimony and for how she can testify to your loving fatherhood in her life. I'm grateful, Father, for what you've shown me as well. And for the fact that you have shown us as as human beings what your love looks like as you've demonstrated that through your son, Jesus Christ, whom you sent to this world to live the perfect life that we couldn't live, to die on our behalf by taking our sins upon himself at the cross, who rose from the grave, defeating sin, Satan, and death, and who offers salvation as a free gift to all who will trust in him And Father, we know that as we trust in your Son, Jesus Christ, we're adopted into your family, we're brought in, you delight in us, you make us part of your family forever, and we just pray, Melissa and I and anyone else who's joining us in prayer right now, we pray for those that are listening to our words right now, that if anyone doesn't know you as their Lord, if they haven't come to faith in you through your Son, Jesus Christ, that today would be the day of their salvation 
and that they would be drawn into a loving relationship with you through the power of your Holy Spirit. We commit each listener to you right now and pray that you'd work powerfully in their hearts. Help us all to see you clearly, to know you deeply, and to love you completely. And we thank you for all of these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So good. Well, thanks, Melissa. It was great to have you with us this week and uh, look forward to chatting with you sometime again very soon. Yeah, same here. Hi, I'm Zach. And I'm Randy. And we're from Salty Saints Podcast. We're a theology and apologetics podcast. We hope to better equip you to be salt and light for your community. Uh, We hope that we can help you to go out and be a reflection of Jesus Christ to those around you, uh, to your friends and your family, and especially to those that do not know Christ. To find out more, subscribe at lifeaudio.com.